Hello and welcome to High Tea Obsessed. I am your host, Thomas Boomhauer, and joining me today are none other than the incredible hosts, the stunning personalities behind Hail Reaper, Jeremy and Philip. How are you guys doing today? What's going on, Thomas? I'm really happy to be on this podcast. Not to be on another podcast, but to meet you. That's really fun. I'm happy to be here. I'm super excited to have you guys on. It's like really cool to finally uh, see both of you guys. So I've been listening to you for over a year now. Thank you. That's very flattering. Yeah, I've seen you on uh, on Twitter. I I think right. You're because you have a. I believe your profile pic has you uh, a picture of yourself. Tweet myself a lot on both accounts. Okay, so I've yeah I've I've sort of seen you, but uh, yeah, this is definitely the first kind of live and in person uh, over Zoom thing. So no, it's awesome. I uh, really appreciate it, and it's uh, obviously been nice. Uh, you you know you joined us in the Discord and getting to know you and kind of see some of your opinions and feelings and uh, it's it's awesome. So we're we're flattered to be here. The first time I saw Thomas was when you put up an avatar on a Discord, and I was like, "Oh, that's what he looks like. Cool." So, <laughs> oh yeah, with the uh, pineapple bandana. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm actually looking up your. I'm looking up the Discord right now, and I'm gonna see what you say on there. And I'm gonna bring up all the terrible things you say on there. Oh my, and read it right now. Tapes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, what we were talking about? We were just talking about uh, Star Wars movies. Just what yesterday. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I think so. The day before at most. Oh, yeah. That was fun. I love talking about that and like rankings and uh, and you're a Last Jedi fan. And so am I, which I love because there's so few of us. Uh, <laughs> I don't even. So I have a lot of problems with that movie. Mm -hmm. It's just so I love Star Wars, but most of it is bad. Like, a lot of it is not good. So <laughs> almost by default, The Last Jedi is very high for me. Yeah. I love that movie, and again, uh, everyone, you can hate me. I'm, I'm, it's great, but and I have I said on the Discord in that conversation, Thomas. But the reason why I love it is because you could name, you could rename the movie like "Kicking Ass in Space," and it would be like, "Cool, this is a great movie." Because if you just remove the name Star Wars, it's a really good movie. But when you add the Star Wars lore and Star Wars characters into it, I think that's where it becomes problematic. But I think we were talking about my favorite line. It's like you know uh kill the past like or like you know leave the past behind kill it if you have to i love that i love i was floored by that message of that movie i think it's a great idea because you know star wars needs to evolve and i think agreed if they had either just stuck it out and kept themselves evolving in the rise of skywalker or been like you know what trilogies are outdated we need another movie no one would have complained everyone would have been cool with it just been episode 10 and like just redo things but by itself, it's not a bad message, I don't think. Yeah, I love I loved. I know Jeremy hates it, but I, I love the movie. No, so my, my issue with it is exactly what you said, right? If you took it and removed the Star Wars name, it's a good film. I'm not going to argue it's a bad film. The problem is, is that it is a Star Wars film, <laughs> which means you have to honor and respect canon. And to me, and a lot of Star Wars fans, they don't. They tread all over it. They break canon and they invent their own. That's what I don't like about it. It's it's just a violation. Can I say something to you, Jerry? I guess so. Let the past die. Oh my. Kill it if you have to. <laughs> this is freaking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, were you involved in reading the uh, what is it? The EU now extended universe stuff before uh, the Last Jedi. 
know anything specific. I, I, I'm currently reading uh, Bloodline, uh, which actually takes place right before The Force Awakens. Um, but do you have like a, a certain time point that you're, that you're talking about? Not really. I was just wondering if you had like maybe baggage from that that you brought into The uh, Last Jedi, and maybe that's why it didn't resonate with you. Okay. No, no, I hadn't read through that. Okay. What is it about? Have you? Um, I mean, there's like a million and a lot of them are bad. The mo- the main one that I've read is the Thrawn trilogy, which is yeah. very good. That's on my to read list because I've heard amazing things about it. So uh, definitely have to get into Thrawn. The audiobook is incredible. That's what I did. And it's just like the voice actor who does it. His um narration for Thrawn is like it's very chilling. Mm, and it's, I love that. It's TGRS, I would say. Ooh, there you go. We're killing it. Okay. So um, as my listeners know, Red Rise is my favorite book series. Mm. So I'm making my way around the Howler universe, collecting all the people I can as guests, trying to get you guys on. And I'm very excited that I finally have you guys on because now I can grill you a little bit and we can get into Great. a little bit of Red Rising. But more importantly, we can get into some of your other interests and kind of figure out who's Philip the person, who's Jeremy the person, what does he like besides Red Rising? We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about, Thomas. I'm, I'm excited. So to start off, uh, would you mind giving my listeners a little bit of a background into yourselves? As far as Hell Reaper or like the individuals? Well, first individuals and then. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for myself, my name's Philip. Uh, I'm one of the, I guess, hosts, even though that's a term that we don't like to use on the podcast. We like to use, we just say good friends. Um, I, I'm kind of like, I don't think anything's wrong with the idea of a host. But for me, I've always wanted to make it feel more inclusive. And I think even changing that rhetoric, uh, even stylistically, is like helpful to make it feel like there's not like a a, a host and a, and a co-host. But it's just like, it's just that it's Jeremy and I, and we're really good friends. We've known each other since we were 15 and we're talking. So I guess like, I don't really think I can talk about myself without talking about Jeremy, like truly, because that's how long we've been friends. Our, yeah, we met uh, like the first month into high school, like freshman year. And we kind of grew up. We like we're like punkers. Like we like really like we're into punk music and like uh, Rancid, No Effects, uh, you know, and some pop punk stuff, too. But like those the clash stuff, I still like listen to all the time. I still love punk music and uh, and that's kind of our love of music kind of helped us and grow a friendship and now we're still friends here like 15 years later but you know since then oh you've turned the fan off because you have the fan off <laughs> um since then we've like you know our friendships evolved as well as our likes and dislikes and for me personally like uh you know i've uh i just love like lore i love getting into stuff i love digging deeper and deeper into um like red rising's like I, i'm not going to try to go full red rising right now but like the reason I love it is because there's so much there. There's so much to like dig into, and and I don't like, I don't like to waste my time. I guess in a way, like I consider myself a serial obsessive, where I just get really obsessed with one or two things at a time, and for years, and I kind of have blinders on for most things outside of that. I mean, there's time wasters like YouTube and stuff like that, but ultimately my head will rest. And right now it's been resting for like almost five years with just Red Rising. And like to the point where other things I love, like Batman and graphic novels and certain movies just don't even get attention because I'm so laser focused on Red Rising and our podcast and having those conversations. I guess that's me. I'm a serial obsessive. I just love obsessing over things. So high key obsessed. Perfect podcast to be on, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's 
I'm very similar that way. That's why I started this, because I'm obsessed with a million things, and I know you're supposed to have a niche for a podcast, and I was like, this going to get boring. I, I like a million things. I don't want to talk about one. That's your niche, I guess. It's, no, I, I like that. Um, yeah, so my name is Jeremy. I am uh, the other host <laughs> alongside of uh, of Mathar, which is uh, originally brought in uh, as a producer, but is a uh, co-owner of our podcast as well. And um, they're a big part of it. And uh, we're all three kind of voices on the show going forward. But uh, Philip and I were definitely uh, the ones who started out through season one in completion and, and Mathar got brought on uh, season two. So what I mean, who am I? I <laughs> yeah, so I f- feel like I'm somewhat boring, run of the mill kind of guy uh, was raised on things like Star Wars. I mean, I'm hardcore obsessed with it. Uh, Indiana Jones is another huge passion of mine, I guess, just Lucasfilm in general uh, always hit the mark sure, for me. It's not just uh, Harrison Ford in general. No, I do have a I do have an obsession with Harrison. Big Ford. crush on Harrison. Ford. Um, I'll admit something really weird just for fun. Uh, in my high school yearbooks, all four of them, um, I, I can't get them out and read them right now. They're in books in the garage. But if I were to, uh, you would actually find forged notes that I wrote to myself from Harrison Ford. Uh, congr- <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah, congratulating me on each graduation. No, nobody else. I, I didn't. No, nothing else was in there. Only a Harrison Ford reference, and it's, it's always just ridiculously stupid stuff oh that gosh. like it's overt. That. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's nothing. I'm trying to like actually sell off as real. It's like overtly fake. You did this to me too. You were the only person to sign my yearbook three years in a row. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And you would write a letter to my future children. Oh, that's right. And yeah, yeah and so, but then at my graduation party, my mom passed around my senior yearbook and a ton of people signed it and i was so pissed because you usually did a whole page of just you and i would only let you sign it but i didn't know about this harrison ford thing this is the first time i'm hearing this yeah i'll have to take him up and show you yeah please you know i manage uh in my personal life i manage at an industrial laundry so textile rentals um so if you ever see like you know you go into hospitals you know the linen in the hospitals the scrubs they're wearing if you go into uh, auto shops, you know they're they're using they're usually dressed up in a uniform as well with shop towels. Uh, if you go to a Quick Mart, you'll see the mats on the ground right away. You know those are all things that that we rent to them and launder, uh, and that's kind of been my professional life for 14 years. And um, what else do I do? Oh, I'm an avid cyclist. Uh, I don't look like it right now because I got that that classic. Uh, what yeah, do they say? Oh. No, but did they say that COVID? Fifteen or something like that. What? What? what yeah. What? I think that is. Yeah, I was more like COVID thirty. Unfortunately, <laughs> I took it a little too far with the ice cream and, and stress levels. But uh, I'm I'm going to work it off, you know. So, uh, but I love cycling. I've always enjoyed just getting out there for long rides, uh, solo or with with large groups, and just listening to the birds and the snakes rustle on the side of the road. Um, I like nature more so the mountains than the beach because I'm pretty fair uh, skin, so I burn easy, but you know, that's all right. Uh, what else? I, why are you asking me? I, I do, but you, you, I think you actually did a really good job. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I think that people know you now. Like, that was a really good Tinder profile version of Jeremy. So I'm, I'm into it. That's a, that should be a nice little new term that people use. Like, instead of like, give me your elevator pitch, give me your Tinder profile. Yeah, What's there up? you go. Um, so I don't know if you guys did this when you were coming up with Hail Reaper. 
But when I started High Key Obsessed, it was supposed to be with a friend. And so what we did initially is we made a list and we were writing down well, who are our influences? Like, who do we want to bring in? What are the vibes we want? So um, did you guys do that? Like, what are some of your influences? Well, I, I guess that it'll be... Yeah, let's tell the story of the podcast real fast because it did kind of start like yours, Thomas. Like, it had a very similar feel where uh, I called Jeremy and I was like, yo, dude, like... I just finished reading Dark Age, which is the fifth book of this Red Rising series. And I just told him a very bare bones version of what Red Rising was. And he had no clue. He'd never heard of it. And we just talked about that. And uh, it was like an hour long conversation. And then it kind of led to, uh, I think that was like a Tuesday. And on Saturday, we went to dinner and we're like, yo, like, would you want to do this? And by that point, Jeremy had already started Golden Sun, like burned through the first book um in five days and then by like that fifth day uh was like i you were almost to the gala in golden sun and so where we're at now like where excuse me where we're at then is then talking about uh yeah exactly what you're talking about like influences what we want to accomplish with the podcast what it sound like and so for almost six or seven months we met and we talked about that the exact same thing probably a little too much daydreaming but I think it ultimately led us to where we're at right now. And I do want to give a quick shout out and backtrack to Mathar, who is uh, the other person on the podcast, because it's the, it's a three-piece podcast now as opposed to two. We did start it, but Mathar has come on and is, is wildly influential to both of us, but also uh, we couldn't make the show without them, like at all, uh, the way we want to, the way we always imagined it being, like, you know, building up lore and building up in-world commercials. Like, we've done stuff that's, kind of like even invented a new character like for the red rising series like we have this character that introduces the show as like an mc is how i called it i coined it this idea that would like start off the show each episode uh and kind of usher you throughout the show like come in at the ad break and then come at the end but this character plays the role of a howler within the red rising universe named broadcast and uh that character is voiced also by mathar so uh but yeah our influences are are vast like i i have a hard time pinpointing things like we've done show we um, jeremy and i like shows on we like shows on cults that we like kind of even drew inspiration from like like really weird like getting into the crazy side of like the occult we drew inspiration for like stuff like that we drew inspiration from uh like a level of immersion like uh, like we talked about earlier like with shows that uh i don't know i can't think of anything off the top of my head right now but also stranger things was a big vibe for us too i think our logo is kind of that makes sense stranger things is kind of like it's funny because i i love that show but it's not something that i'm obsessed with like in this typical like thomas philip fashion that we're talking about i like it but there's something about it that really pulls you in that's the music and the aesthetic and we really wanted to borrow some of those things not intentionally but they just felt right with us they clicked with us um, when we were talking about the making of the show and uh, so there's like things like that that are influences but they're all over the place like I'm like really big in the Twilight Zone like that's an influence for me for and it's like it's weird because it's not a medium it's a TV show and I'm talking about old Twilight Zone not the remake yeah like, that's a that's um an influence for that's me the too. influence for sorry there you go um that's the influence for High Key Obsessed season two is the Twilight Zone that's, oh, that's why I redid the Lodo and uh, made a trailer the teaser trailer is straight up a ripoff of like a twilight zone in the beginning yeah so yeah i don't think you hear those influences i i don't think that that's important either um i think like you can make a personal homage to something in a show or in an episode 
and it doesn't need to be like over it doesn't need to be expressed necessarily to the listener but it internally between jeremy myself and mathar we know what we're making an homage to or what we're doing or where the idea maybe spawned from and so they're all over the place mathar would have a whole list of uh influences for themselves as well i know jeremy do you have anything that you feel like personally influenced by for hail reaper um man i don't know not necessarily i the cult podcasts um for sure i i've been a big uh true crime podcast listener uh, for probably the year prior to going in uh, with you, yeah. I, I had like seven different ones that I was listening to uh, all at the same time. And uh, so they probably certainly had like an influence on me. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, some of the other, you know, just kind of some British cycling podcasts and uh, some video game podcasts and stuff like that yeah. were, were pretty much what I what I was listening to. There's before. one thing we didn't mention that is actually a big part of this when we were having these initial conversations, I told you and pitched the idea of like, I want it to feel like a sitcom where I know Thomas, I'm not sure if you're aware, but like most of our episodes linger around 25 to 35 minutes. And we don't like I'm to, very aware. yeah. So we don't like to spend a lot of time. We want to get like right into it and go for it. And we love long form podcasts. It's not, it's not like we're not trying to not be one of those. We just felt like we wanted to be a show that would get right into it and just talk in a deep fashion about whatever the scene was we're exploring or the character we're exploring and to kind of feel like a boy meets world or a family matters. I mean, seriously, like we, even though those things aren't over at all, like it has no, there's no notion of nineties TV, but we were influenced by the idea of, of getting into an episode, doing it and executing it within a very short time, but still feel and walk away from your TV or your headphones or whatever it was like, you got a lot out of that. Like, and I feel like I did that as a kid. I'd, I mean, I still love like the idea of 30 minute TV. Cause I think that's, if you can to expedite something that's linked, that stays with you is really like a very cool thing for me. I, I'm always impressed by uh, someone being able to do something really groundbreaking in a very short amount of time and not saying that boy meets world or family matters were those <laughs> were groundbreaking or like, wow, but I just love the idea of it. And so that was one of the first things we talked about, like, let's make it really quick. Let's not be like the typical podcast, kind of let's zag where everyone is zigging and let's make it short and like, but also like fun and informative at the same time. That's interesting because, um, you know, we're in peak TV, people say there's so much TV content coming out and because of the Netflix model, there are a lot of them are abandoning the 25 or 45 minute kind of framework of episode length. And now like gradually some shows have started getting back into that format and people i think respond to that a lot more because it's just like it's a tight 25 minutes and you're like you're not burdened by it it seems like and i think you guys do that as well like you said because there are so many podcasts now that are an hour plus three hours plus even so when you see oh it's a nice 25 i know these guys are going to dive deep and just like unravel things about the scene this character that i haven't heard before in those 25 minutes you're like easy peasy i'm all in yeah mathar calls it a commuter podcast like that's what they refer to it as and i i like that term jeremy what are you gonna say no i was just gonna say i don't think you talked about it kind of in coming up but uh i think your adhd certainly has something to do with the shortness of the podcasts um but it wasn't easy i mean what, what's interesting is i think you and i gravitate naturally toward a long-form co- podcast and something that's not known 
there it's certainly known within like our Patreon community, but on the broader scale, people don't know that we practiced and kind of vetted out the process for what, like eight, nine months. Yeah, we actually close to a year, really. So Tomas, Thomas, I have a friend named Tomas. Uh, So we uh, we uh, we actually did that we actually did a lot of practice podcasts that we never released we've actually released just a little bit of it to like the patreon community slash our discord community but at the same time like we just thought like we need to actually figure out how we can do this in a short amount of time and a lot of the practice ones were like 45 minutes 50 minutes and we're like no it needs to be shorter it needs to be tighter it needs to get to these points faster not lingering and uh so we had to like practice that which is weird because conversation doesn't necessarily need practice but at the same time for us we felt like it did which was strange yeah well like you like you said um you know we released some of them to the patreon community it's actually something we're going to be doing a lot more of is kind of bringing out that old work and kind of showing people our process and so i was actually looking at the raw files uh yesterday uh, coincidentally and our very first take of darrow uh, our first episode was over an hour and a half in length in raw uh, before we did it, I think like what five more times or something crazy like oh, yeah, that. Like, so yeah, I don't know five, but it was definitely. I mean, at least four. At it's least. a solid number of times. So Darrow, that's just Darrow from Red Rising. It's not even the whole saga yet, right? Just in one book, one character yeah. in one book. Yeah. Wow. Because we got through. We actually delete. We scrapped seven episodes of season one. Um, by the time we sort of uh, tweaked the format, I, I wouldn't. I hesitate to say like reformatted because it's not a world apart of what it used to be, but it's different enough to where uh, forcing it to be more succinct, forcing us to get to those points quicker, uh, trying to take that hour and a half, hour 45 and say, can we do this in 25? Let's try. Uh, And you just kind of see this gradual process of us getting down to that point. So um, it's by no means what we're what we're naturally gravitating toward. Uh, it's something that we chose to do and and kind of uh, put ourselves uh, to task for. I think we might we might be reexamining that a little bit in these next few episodes that we're doing. Like right now, we're like releasing every other week. That's just been the trend, and those are a, lot, a little longer. Those are been about forty five to fifty minutes, but those are way more conversational, way more lax. But when we get to the book, book Morning Star, because we've done the first two books. Um, again, we like to take a scene or a character and really like drill into that specifically within the first two books. When we get to Morningstar, the third book in the Red Rising trilogy, the first trilogy, I should say, uh, I think we might take a little more time on those, but it's still, I'm imagining those being no more, like they're not gonna be over an hour. They're just not like, I just, uh, that's not what we, we feel like where our branding is. Um, and we want to be able to be succinct, but also like really offer our listeners a lot um, within that time frame. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited for the Morningstar event. As you guys oh, so am I. <laughs> yeah, we call it an event. We have, it's another little rebranding tweak is season is something that it, I think the morning Morningstar episodes, I don't, we're pretty sure they're going to be about just a handful of them rather than like our last two seasons were close to 10 episodes. Um, so we're calling this an event because there's going to be other things to it. Like there's going to be a lot more sound design. There's going to be, uh, you know, episodes that are going to be with three people rather than two people. And, uh, there's just gonna be, it's gonna be a different flavor. And then we were hoping, I can't really say too much, 
we're hoping like yeah, don't yeah we're, we're hoping like there's gonna be a lot more that's gonna be external off podcast that we're offering listeners and fans not just of hell reaper but red rising community and like we really like kind of so we have a lot of like grand plans that we're are hoping to get to and express with that so i mean honestly thomas i'm excited too like because we're really pushing ourselves and we've been planning we've just been sitting and talking about morning star every week for since the, the day we wrapped up the golden sun season like two months ago like we've been jamming on it like hard and we're just refi- we're like going through this constant refinement process because we feel like this book morning star and you're a big fan this is that your favorite book by the way thomas no it's my least favorite really okay so of all of them yeah. wow okay i like no that. wonder you're excited take. <laughs> um no but at the same time like but it regardless of it's like your least favorite or not like it does there is a it is a conclusion or offers some sort of conclusion and that's what we we feel like it's so important to like put a bow on that first season and to uh to make it like something that's really worthwhile and be reflective on not not our season not hail reaper but be reflective talking about the trilogy as a whole and that's why it's so important to us like it's like it's not just we're talking about morningstar we're talking about the first trilogy and like how that all lands like how pierce brown the author of the story lands the plane and like that's like a really needed and uh a worthy conversation that we're excited to have absolutely we're gonna move away we're gonna pivot away from red rising for a moment and then maybe pivot back (laughs) okay so besides red rising what are some of the other stories that you guys love any comic books you know graphic novels anything like that movies shows books anything Jeremy's pointing at me to go first. Um, okay. So I'm going to go first. Uh, hey, let's start, let's start with Batman. Batman? Yeah, Batman. Uh, <laughs> I love Batman. Like, I mean, I, I don't know what to say about Batman, like, other than it's just some of the character that I, I love. I've loved since I was a child, since I was... I remember my first plush doll being, like, I had since I was, like, five uh, pillowcases, uh, bed sheets, like, everything, and... The older I got, you know, the getting into Frank Miller graphic novel Batman like version and like having my mind blown by like, wow, Batman is not Adam West. Batman is like this real crazy character that is deeply concerned with the idea of justice um, and also like and not punishing people, but like punishing them like and in my eyes correctly. But I know there's like a lot of different vantage points on that. But yeah, that's a character that I'm obsessed with, like and have been since I was a young kid. Uh Jeremy's just getting into Chronicles of Narnia, which is a book series that I grew up loving and still read every other year. And I've been bugging Jeremy, like, get into Chronicles of Narnia. Pierce Brown, also a fan of Chronicles of Narnia, the author of Red Rising. Uh, Lots of really cool stuff there. And then, Thomas, you and I have talked on Instagram, also obsessed with not, like, a story, but basketball. And that being... Which has stories. Exactly. And that's why I love it so much, because it's, like, it's essentially, it's kind of like a a daytime TV drama at the same, <laughs> and then uh, cause it's always happening every day. And it's like, it's unscripted television essentially. And it has that drama that, it, that is so like wonderful and crazy and you don't know what's going to happen next. And so those are like some of the big things I have more, but I'm going to, Jeremy, you need to go. Like, I can't talk forever about this. And we didn't even talk about anything you, you, you brought up. So, <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to circle back. Chronicles of Narnia. Um, that, as, when I was a kid at least, that was always a touchstone for me. I read all of those. And then once I've read them once all the way through, I've just read my favorites over and over. Mm-hmm. So, Jeremy, have have you read them all yet? Or no? 
No, I haven't. I'm at, I'm I have to start Prince Caspian. So okay. That, so you, that, have you read oh, the horse and his boy? Yes. Okay. Did you love it? You know, I I liked it a lot. I okay. I hesitate to say love. That's Philip loves it, but mm-hmm. I was shocked. I I think I need to reflect on it more and maybe actually go back and read it again. It it's a slow burn of a book, uh, and that's not a problem. I don't mind that at all. I I'm a boring guy, so I can slog through things just fine. But when it really started taking off, it was like, what, one third of the book left to go <laughs> kind of yeah, thing. And you're like, oh, no, like, I want more. Like, I, I don't just want to kind of cross into the southern boundary of, of Narnia and then end. I, I just want this to keep going. And I was it left me begging for more. So that's that's a great sign of a really good book. But um. But at the same time, I, I wish it gave it to me. I want to know what Thomas, you're you're leading this question. Yeah, so where, it's very leading. Yeah, what, what, what are you, what are your thoughts on that book? Oh, I love it. It's my favorite one of um, all the Narnia books. Okay, I just thought C.S. Lewis was in his bag. You know, I have Aslan tattooed on my arm right here. If you can see that, wow. And then I can. and then Bulgy Bear from Prince Caspian tattooed just below, just below him. Very nice. Yeah. So I'm I'm really into it. Obviously, <laughs> all my favorite, except for Daryl, all my favorite fictional characters are already tattooed on my body. So nice. I need to get uh, a Darrow tattoo next. My once and future co-host is also a huge Narnia fan. He very cool is like he rereads them all the time, loves them. Yeah, Aslan again. So Aslan, Darrow, and uh, Batman feel like similar characters to me, um, <laughs> and because they're all they. I know it's weird because like they're no, very. No, I get it. Very I get different. it. I I can't help but laugh, but I get it. They're incredibly different, but they all have this concern with justice. And that's why I like all of them. And that's why I'm drawn into all these characters. Um, so that's like why I feel like there's this trio in my head. There's this trio of these three characters being like really wonderful, beautiful people. Darrow is probably the most flawed uh, of those because I think that, but also the choices that Darrow has to make and is forced to make are way more complicated uh, than either Batman or Aslan. Uh, so at the same time, so I, Man, I love Narnia. It's every other year I reread the series from one books one through seven. And sometimes I do them in random order. Like I just kind of feel it out and pick which one. Sometimes I do uh, – this year's an off year, by the way. Um, and then, <laughs> uh, sometimes I do like chronological or I do the order that they were um, – like chronological or the order they were released in, which is kind of kind of odd. But at the same time, I like – I just love those books. And they're short. You can read them in like – I mean, I can read Last Battle, which is my favorite, in like a day and a half. It's like 200 pages. It's it's not that much time. So as long as my kids are not bugging me, it's not it's not that hard to read. All right. So Jeremy, what do you got? What are what are you into? So I think outside of the Red Rising universe, um, I'm into a couple of things. Like as far as literature goes, um, I'm huge into the Ender Saga. Uh, I actually really appreciate probably the you know my brother's into it too and he was very much toward the shadow line of the series uh into bean story and, and all of that um the end of the ender saga gets really philosophical and i could see why people might bail out you know with children of the mind um but i was i stayed in <laughs> and, I, and i dig that kind of stuff so uh that's not to say the shadow line is is bad by any means it's it's a phenomenal series as well but the enderverse is is huge for me 
Uh, and I see, and I know Pierce likes it too. Um, and I actually see a lot of parallels between some of the characters uh, that I feel strongly about. Uh, but that's definitely one for me. Um, right. um, yeah, go ahead. So Pierce, Pierce calls out Ender in Red Rising. Yeah. He does. Yeah, there's a nice and Easter egg there. I have read Ender's game, Ender in Exile, which is like a prequel mm-hmm. almost. Yep. Um, and then the Shadow Bloodline, okay. whatever that is called. Yeah. Um, because I was a Bean guy more than Ender. Bean is rad. I like I like Bean yeah. a lot. So do you feel so? All right, we're we're gonna try this theory out real quick. Um, I'm lost, but I, I want you to keep going. I want no, I want to okay. hear. I'm reading Chronicles of Narnia, so you I, read Ender's Game. Yeah, I'll eventually this read is the, This game. is the deal we're making. That's can I? That's not a fair trade because the Ender books are significantly thicker. Uh well, you know, yeah. fair is subjective, right? Seven, <laughs> I guess, yeah. Seven books that are all 200, 250 pages versus Ender, which is what? How many books? Ten including, books, including Bean, right? Yeah, including the, the yeah, including the Shadow series, and and Entering Exile, which Thomas brought up, um, which actually takes place between books one and two of the Ender line. Um, so if you if you count those, then yeah, it's I believe it's props 10. to that author for getting the most out of that. Uh, yeah, card, card doesn't mess around. Um, so, what was the question before you so rudely distracted me, Philip? I'll, I'll kick it oh, you you had a, a theory. Oh, that's right. That's where I was. <laughs> so um, when it comes to Mustang, so we'll, we'll kind of dive back into into that, right? So I've, I've heard different theories that Mustang is a lot of Valentine, but my personal feeling is that Mustang has a ton of bean. Uh, and, and I see it come out. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of vet this out a little bit with you and see what your thoughts are. So... So Darrow right, gets gets run through by Cassius, left dead for dead in the mud, rescued by Mustang and rehabilitated. Right during that time, uh, Mustang is the one who crafts Darrow's army. Mustang is the one who comes up with the strategy. Right, all, all of these things, and and I could elaborate. It's not like I. It's exclusively those two things because that would be a pretty weak point to make. Uh, but. Uh, those two things in particular are very strongly like being associated. I mean, especially if you've read the shadow line, you understand that, um, that Ender's army in the end is actually drafted by Bean, uh, which you, you don't, right. you, which you don't get from Ender's game itself. So you, you start to realize that the strategy and, and everything that Bean is the real mastermind there, right? He's the intelligent one. He lacks the ability, uh, to physically lead, an army and people and, and get the emotional response out of them very much like Mustang actually. So I don't know what you think about that. So off the bat, I definitely agree that she's not very Valentine like Mm -hmm. because I mean, she's willing to do what it takes is what I'll say to avoid any spoilers basically. And I, my instinct says that I like it. I like the bean Mustang comparison. Obviously it's not, perfect because our guy pierce brown isn't out here plagiarizing sure sure (laughs) but there are yeah there are some nice parallels and especially the like yeah i think you you really do i like it a lot honestly now that i'm thinking about it more the whole like they're at their lowest point and they the choosing of someone who can lead them out of there it's like very similar you did it jeremy you made a convert to your theory Thank thank you 
Thank you. There, I mean, there are two of us now. <laughs> I can be, I can be your enforcer if you need. Oh, nice. Oh so, no, absolutely. I, you're right. It's not like Pierce Brown literally is like, I need a bean, and then wrote Mustang. Like, I, I'm not arguing that uh, by any means. That. I'm just arguing there's strong parallels between the two characters, and it, and it could strictly be from you know a literary standpoint. Like, what devices do we need, right, to make a good novel? And they right. they could just parallel each other in that way. So, um, you need someone to be the smartest in the universe. Also, though, you know, small stature, brilliant. Yeah, there you go. Need I say more? <laughs> you, no, just keep, you know, keep chewing on it, Thomas, and uh, let me know <laughs> once you think more about it in the future. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it on Discord for sure. Um, so other than that, you know, I, I'm into classic literature uh, quite a bit. I'm I read uh, some Dostoevsky and some some Tolstoy. Um, a lot of stuff that, that people tend probably not to talk about a lot on science fiction podcasts and things we like that. We both love John Steinbeck too. Yeah. That's the other one I was going to mention as far, as far as literature. Yeah. Is, is John Steinbeck. He's, he is an amazing like storyteller and he draws these visuals that are probably next to nothing I've ever read. Um, I, we, we have the amazing fortune of of living near the salinas valley actually um but if you visit it i'm pretty sure i could get to some of the areas that that steinbeck wrote about by just his own description it following old farmers you know did you know that i actually stayed like over in uh pacific grove i stayed in a cabin that he wrote in like on airbnb no i didn't know yeah i did that's amazing i like that yeah so back in like whatever 1920 something but yeah as anecdote for you jeremy sorry Sorry to, to derail the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think outside of literature, um, movies have, have probably have had the greatest influence on me. Um, like I said, I, I grew up on Indiana Jones and, and Star Wars were probably the main ones. I remember, I remember as a kid actually uh, watching like Return of the Jedi in the final space battle and flying our remote controls uh, for the VCR and if anyone remembers what a VCR is <laughs> and the television around like they're the millennium Falcon or something like that. And, and having these space battles um, in lieu of actually grabbing Legos because they didn't have the star Wars line anyway. So yeah. uh, I'd rather play with the uh, VCR remotes, but uh, yeah, so that was huge. Recently I've, I've been on this kick. Um, so the American film Institute, the AFI, you know, they, they released a, a top 100 uh, classic films of all time. And I realized that I had about 75 of them complete. So I'm on this quest uh, right now, preferably free quest if I can through all my streaming services. But I'll pay for him here and there. Uh, I'm trying to complete that top 100 list and and see him. Because I, I, I love best... When you talk about that kind of stuff, I, I, I love best films of all time. I've, I've found a lot of great treasures, some of which I've never heard of. I mean... Um, I think like the African queen uh, for one is a world war two film. Uh, it ended up being like hugely amazing to me. And I had never even heard of it before I, before I sought out that list. So uh, I'm trying to go through those top 100 and, and get those knocked out. Cause this film's been really influential. Very nice. You know? So, you know, that's a rich well to draw from. And especially Philip, you mentioned you were a serial obsessive. So what was it about Red Rising that made it like, I have to, like, I need to start a podcast about this. I can't not do that. 
I would have never arrived at that conclusion before reading Dark Age. Um, I would have never thought that that's a good idea before reading Dark Age. So it's only because, so Dark Age comes out, I believe, July 30th, 2019. If I, I honestly can't remember. I'm thinking that it did. You're right. That's impressive. Um, but I remember reading it in six days and being like, cool, I did it. And then instantly jumped online looking for more for just to essentially never being a part of like an online community of anything, but knowing that Red Rising, I knew for, for a fact there was no movies, TV shows, comics. At that point, there are comics now, um, but nothing that was like represented outside of the book. So I figured that I'm going to jump online. I honestly have this expectation to jump online and have this rich experience uh, as a fan and to like talk about everyone with like all the dark age moments and just be like, whoa, let's talk about this. And I didn't, I wasn't a Reddit person. I've just recently become that just through the podcast because, and I honestly, I don't even look at it. Like I, I barely ever look at it. Um, I actually try to avoid a lot of red rising things because I don't want things to influence my own like commentary on the books. Uh, because if I have like someone else's picture or image of a talking point or a character or whatever that might be, I feel like that's going to be in my own head. So when I'm talking about Red Rising, I'm going to be thinking about or channeling that on accident. Uh, but so I limit the number of Red Rising things I, I like allow in my head, but um, I just didn't really find much. Like uh, I want to give a shout out to Hallerpod, like what well, was a, a podcast that existed. Uh, but honestly, that was like the best thing I found. And I just didn't find much. I'm no, no, I don't, I'm not saying anything bad about the Red Rising Reddit, but Reddit is just not a place that I like to be or see myself. I sell myself going to over and over and over again. So I kind of found like those are the only two places for Red Rising fans at large that were community driven. Um, and I was like, that's just not that much. So after a day of chewing on that and going, I'm not done talking about Red Rising. I'm just not done thinking about it, talking about it. Then I called Jeremy and had that initial conversation. So it was only because, and, and honestly, since then, I, Thomas, I think you can attest to this. Like, community has blossomed a lot um, in the last year or since Dark Age came out. Um, there's just like way more fan art. There's a board game now. There's comics now. There's, uh, there's, a, there's like two dedicated podcasts and one podcast that's going through it as well with Words and Whiskey. There's just a lot more that's available for the community of fans. But at the time, about, you know, two, almost two years ago, that time just didn't exist. So uh, it was just, it was sparse and I wanted to do something. And as someone that's always uh, loved doing creative projects and uh, been, uh, you know, a musician for a long time or uh, a crappy writer or whatever I've been in the past, uh, I wanted to do something that would be uh, honoring the series and how beautiful and wonderful I think it is. So the podcast just seemed like the most obvious medium, but the problem was the person I wanted to be on it with had never read the series and I had never done a podcast. <laughs> so it was figuring all that out, uh, getting someone to love it like I did, which I got Jeremy first person, first person I wanted to do it with, but also um, at the same time, uh just figuring out how to do a podcast like that's that was really intimidating i'm still not comfortable behind a microphone like i'm still feel really weird about being behind one even though i'm gabbing right now like there's a level of discomfort behind a microphone i'm still like getting used to it interesting that doesn't come through at all it seems like uh you guys seem incredibly natural thank you that's cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah i appreciate that 
So two things. One, Philip, you were correct. It was July thirtieth, twenty nineteen. Whoa! Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I think like uh, you know, Philip kind of mentioned his tendencies in the podcast, and I think one thing worth kind of noting is that that he and I are um, probably pretty compatible for this because of some of the opposites we have, and 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 that, that kind of actually sort of speaks to you, Thomas. Like, I. I don't think I could ever do it like that solo gig because coming into the podcasting world, um, I had thought about it a lot. That's part of why Philip knew he could call me and, and try to talk me into this thing is because uh, we had already talked about podcasting in the past and just couldn't quite come up with like what we would do or why um, until he called me about, about red rising. But um, it, it's kind of like, you know, he has all this imagination he has this ability to craft the episodes and uh, really hone in like, what are we going through, right? I mean, he's the one who wanted to pare it down all the way to like 25, 30 minutes. Uh, a lot of this creative stuff is directly from Philip's mind. And I'm the one who says, stop dreaming. It's time to actually do something and put it on on paper. Um, otherwise, you know, heads might be up in the clouds like like a lot of creatives tend to do. So but I lack the inspiration. So it's like the two of us work really well together and wouldn't work nearly as independently uh, outside of each other. So, um, so I look, I look at like solo podcasts, like what you're doing right now with high key. And I'm like, I can never do like, that. yeah, you must be like middle of the road because I, I just wouldn't have the inspiration to, to move forward. And, and Philip would probably not be grounded enough to, to get it done. So I'm like, you know, solo host editing all that stuff, but, I'm very lucky my two best friends have agreed that like if I don't have a guest I'm interviewing or like a certain topic because I'm doing a special series um, this season that I'm going to announce in a later episode. But if I don't have anybody, they come on and like I just rap bounce it off them and they like read the literature I send them ahead of time type of thing. So it's like I'm hosting and doing most of the work, but I am getting helped because I have done a few solo episodes and it just it sucks doing it. It goes much quicker than I would want. And it's just like, I forget things. There's like, I'm not as funny. I mess like my, the volume of how I speak gets messed up because I'm reading off of something. I get, it's like too scripted for how I like. And so a couple of them I've ended up scrapping completely and two of them came out pretty well. But, uh, so I'm very thankful for my friends, Chris and Mike, who are like, the, I, I call them correspondents, like the Daily Show. Nice. I love that. I have a, a story that I think Jeremy knows, but like, I also wanted to do a podcast before Hail Reaper. And like, I just, so I borrowed a microphone from a friend and I was, I sat down in my office and I was like, cool, like, let's just try this. And I'm trying to talk about something I love and know, and it's basketball. And I know it really well. I've been watching it since I was, you know, seven, eight years old, like full games. I have always been obsessed with it. And I was like, cool. And I don't know, Thomas, if you know this, but I'm a Portland Trailblazers fan. And, uh, cause I, I, yeah, I grew up. I grew up there. Yeah, I know it's a bad time to be a Portland Trailblazers fan. Yeah, I know. But um, so Dame Lillard is like someone I feel like I can talk about forever. Uh, growing up, growing up in that that Northwest space, and I got on. and I was like, cool. I'm just gonna talk. I talked for maybe three minutes, and I was just stumbling and stammering and just not even knowing what I was talking about. And I sounded so ridiculous. And I listened back to it. Even in the moment, I felt that. I listened back to it. I'm like, I could never do a podcast. Like I can never do a podcast. So I'm glad that I proved myself 
kind of wrong with Hail Reaper, but only because I have Mathar and Jeremy, not because it's me, but it's because of the people that are around me that are able to do it. So congrats to you, honestly, to you for able to do even one solo podcast. That is a feat. I don't think people understand how hard it is to make a podcast. It is so hard. Like, it is not just you talking. It is you talking, like, whether... So in our case, because I can't speak to the solo podcast like you can, Thomas, but people like have to realize you're talking to an audience, but you're also talking to the person you're talking to. And you're trying actively the entire conversation to not alienate either an invisible audience and your co-host or the person you're talking to. That is so hard because it's so dual form, but at the same time, it's the the other the other participant is completely invisible. They're irrelevant in that moment. They're only relevant on the back end when they're listening to it. And so you're trying to come up with topics or things to say that are engaging for them, but also engaging the partner or the person you're communicating to directly. That is such a hard thing. So when people like there's other sportscasters like that you and I probably both know Thomas that they can do like solo shows and I'm in awe of them. Like an awe of they can be interesting for a radio show that lasts two to three hours. It's one of the hardest things you can do is just talk to yourself, not just talk to yourself, but talk to yourself and be interesting for that long. It's incredible. I mean, that's, yeah, that's why I don't do it because it's so, it's just like, you have to make sure that, especially when you're by yourself, you have to make sure that what you're thinking you're saying is what you're saying. Whereas like when you have a host, like if you say something, Jeremy can be like, what are you talking about? Like that. And then you can just redo it. You're like, you know what you're trying to say. And especially like it's probably hard for you guys because you've been friends for like 15 years like you said you can almost read each other's minds probably so like sometimes maybe you guys don't te- catch when something like that happens yeah it's like if that makes sense because you're so symbolic there, yeah there's like definitely a synergy between the three of us now the two of us beforehand but it was practiced it was rehearsed like we talked about like we are we're not claiming that we set down and we're like put microphones on even with like the intrinsic knowledge of who each other who we like we were to each other that didn't like that doesn't just make a podcast like what makes a podcast is again like talking to that person as well as that invisible audience and being interesting to both um so man it's just like so hard and then mathar mathar luckily has a lot more i guess podcast experience like being behind a microphone and so they're able to really help out with that process uh as well and on these in-between episodes between like kind of events or seasons they're a lot less scripted so we do rely on Mathar's uh, expertise a little bit more in that area because ours, I wouldn't say we're scripted. We like to have outlines, but they're really rough now. Like they're really like they're like one sentence here or there. They're sparse, but but they are at the same time thought through. Yeah, and I think that's one thing, Thomas, you brought up a great point is kind of realizing those those tangential points you're you're kind of chasing too far and Philip and I early on decided that, you know, we wouldn't heavily script. We we have gotten to the point where we don't want to overly rehearse anything like that. But we do jump on uh, Discord and we just talk and we just kind of work through the episodes a little bit. Um, and we're getting to the point. And I think this just comes with getting better at the craft. By no means I'm saying we're great, but we're getting better. And part of that is, is planning less. And so the outlines are getting skimpier. Our time on discord is getting less and less, but those are the times where we get to say like, Hey bro, like you make no sense on this point. Like, what are you talking about? Or, 
or you're getting a little too far off topic, you know, that's going to violate kind of, you know, 10 minutes of our time. And that's one third of the whole show, like, Hey, rein it in. Um, and luckily, you know, we've, we've gotten to the point where we can do that. And we're such good friends that like, it's not offensive to each other. Uh, I think that's, I think that's one thing that I would struggle with, with like a stranger, uh, on doing a podcast and, and I've never done a podcast with a stranger, but like, in order to say sometimes you know that's that's kind of rude to say <laughs> like hey like, like hey, drop your sense. point dude you make yeah. no sense you're freaking ridiculous <laughs> like so so it's kind of nice that i i have a best friend that i'm doing a podcast with and i can say whatever the hell i want and he doesn't get offended philip you mentioned a few times throughout today big basketball guy huge basketball fan lifelong and you know game filled with tall athletic freaks you know what else is filled with tall athletic freaks the universe of Red Rising. So, you know, who do you think would make an ideal starting five for a uh, basketball team? Who do you got? Well, I, I want to, you proposed this off off air just a second ago. Do you want to do like a, a quick, like, not necessarily draft, because I don't want to steal each other's players, but do you have a mm-hmm. five that you want to like, present as well? Sort of, I think. More like fantasy team is what you're going to draft yeah. right now? Yeah, kind of like a fantasy draft, but we can share, we can share different players. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't want to like steal people's players. Well, two man Okay. Team. Well, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm well, well, so I'm gonna make my starting five in basketball, and I have to go. I'm always gonna go wing first because it's a wing driven league now. It, it it has to be someone that can play uh, a really stellar defense, but also handle the ball, score. I'm gonna go Darrow as my number my number three. Like he Darrow's gonna be my small forward. Um, I feel like he's okay. gonna be able to do pretty much everything. Uh, so I'm gonna like he's been like my Kawhi Leonard slash like LeBron kind of like uh, you know not necessarily a specialist but someone that can do anything on the court and I I want to take that that person first. What about what about you? Who do you like kind of take first? Like what position slash so person? I I was thinking point guard first, even though it is wind wind driven. But I was thinking maybe Dara a point guard. I can see that. So my question is. Do you think he could handle the duties? Because if not, I have a backup. I think he could definitely. It's like that's like what I love about like so. LeBron is like my favorite basketball player of all time. I know that's like divisive depending on who you're talking to. Um, but I love that he can play one through four. I mean, someone people like to say he can play one through five. I have yet to see him play an effective true center. Um, so I he could if he really like honed it, but that's just not his. Especially my yeah, it's days. not his natural role. So I think that like. You know, Daryl, like LeBron, could easily play a one, you know, or play like that point guard position and be like that oversized Magic Johnson, LeBron kind of like creator. Oh, yeah. Hands down. That would be really fun to see that happen. Okay. But, you know, building the team together, he's already the three. I'm going to. Yeah, he's on my three. Mustang at at point guard. She's a little (laughs) Chris Paul going on, maybe. You know, she knows the rules. She's going to be like, that guy has a shirt untucked. Yeah, for out. sure. Oh yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah, <laughs> dude. I think she's that is Chris such Paul. a good call out. That's such a good. Um, I didn't think of Mustang in my starting five. So, but you're right. Like, so Jeremy. So this this player, Chris Paul, is like called the point god, and he's like probably the best pure point guard we've had since like John Stockton okay. era kind of time, um, which I know you know like the John yeah, Stockton yeah. Carmelone. But like he actually, I think it was two seasons ago. He pointed at like for breaking the rules. Like this guy had a shirt untucked, and it's a technical foul. He pointed at the ref and was like, "Hey, the guy's got his shirt untucked." And then he got a technical foul call, so they got possession of the ball and a free free throw. Oh my god! And it's just such a like a. And I think Chris Paul is amazing, but that part of Chris Paul is kind of like yeah, you know. 
and also the um the irritatingness like mustaine is an agitator and she manipulates people mm-hmm. with her like i she's love always this. doing these weird little i love this i think you have a better point guard than i do and i wouldn't take this one first but since you brought it up i'm gonna take one of the howlers i'm gonna take my specific favorite howler at point guard i'm gonna say Screwface. Okay. so like Screwface is a character that i really like and gets a lot more shine in the dark age you know as posing as someone on the other side kind of like infiltrating but throughout the series I think of someone like as an agitator, like I think of scrappy, they're smaller, they're like they're the dregs in book one. And so they're small, they're scrappy, but they can get the job done and they're kind of dirty. So I'm seeing Screwface as a Gary Payton from back in the old school days. As a, and That's so nice. like not necessarily like a great shot maker, but someone who's a great facilitator gets in the face of other of other uh, of opposing players and also can just make the right play whenever they need to make the right play, like the right pass and just kind of feed the big guys. So I'm looking at uh, Screwface as my point guard. That's not my second pick necessarily, but someone I'd want on my team at that position. Makes sense. All right. So I'm going to steal Daryl at three and match that up with you. Okay. I like that. I like the multi-ball hand thing going on. <laughs> it's so much fun, by the way. This is awesome. I'm not even a basketball guy. This is great, though. Yeah. So, you know, centers making a return. For sure. This, as long as they're very skilled. And this one, I was thinking, you know, maybe Volsun 5. Whoa. Maybe probably a little slow. But here's who I went with, Ragnar. I don't think you can come at me. No, I actually thought about this. So you proposed this idea, you know, before the podcast, like, Hey, would you, you know, Ragnar is like an excellent pick for a center because highly skilled, an incredible athlete. And the books, like in the books, you don't really, they're like sentences that are in passing, but, and especially in, in Morningstar, you get this idea that he's so fluid in his movements and his motions. So he is like, and so he's very athletic, but he's also huge. So I love this. Um, my center is Victra. Um, so I'm going with, I'm going with like another, like very skilled, like big person that's like described as even like as very tall, uh, kind of like rangy, uh, but also like really, I'm looking at this Victor as my Carl Anthony Towns, like my stretch five. Um, so like can hit a three pointer can get out, not necessarily a great rim protector, but like a very potent offensive player. And I see Victor in the very much in the same way, cause Victor is very vain, very much into herself. And so I would love to see her just be like a killer on the offensive end, uh, just be able to hit any shot she wants on the floor at a center position, but also uh, be someone that would be uh, not necessarily the best defender, but still like I, I want I want Victor at my center. You know what? I mean, I think it works, but I'm still riding with the shield. <laughs> no, no, you it's know? like he's a racing. If you come in the paint, you're a race. You're done. No, it's actually I, I, I like your center better than mine by the way. So I just, I had to get Victor in there because Victor is like one of my second favorite character in the series. All right. So who do you have at either two or four? I'll go with my four. Um, and I'll save my two for last. So my, my power forward or my four is going to be Tactus, another favorite character. I know a lot of okay. people have a lot of different opinions on him and I like to bring this character. Now I like to bring this character up almost to piss people off. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, Jeremy and I literally think, or we seriously believe that Tactus is one of the best characters slash one of our favorite characters between the two of us, uh, despite how flawed the character is. But I'm thinking of Pascal Siakam. Like Pascal Siakam for the Raptors is not necessarily a complete player. Like there are definite flaws in the game. Very talented, very good. Offensively, I know you've watched the Raptors enough because you live on the East Coast. You probably see more East Coast basketball than I do. You're seeing this, they're seeing this player in Siakam kind of 
always be able to get in the lane, but do the same spin move over and over and over. Like that's like the go-to and it's kind of like people can kind of figure it out a little bit, but because of their ranginess and, and because of rather, because Pascal's ranginess is length, he can always be a disruptor on one end of the floor too. Um, also handle the ball on a pinch so he can kind of move down to the three if needed, not necessarily like his kind of given station. But I think Tactus is like essentially that, like a flawed player, but also good in the right situation. And along with a character or a player like Darrow, I think that would work well because you have that compensation. So I'm saying Tactus at my four. Okay. I mean, he does have Darrow to keep him in <laughs> exactly. line. I, but here's, I, wouldn't, I would say Tactus is more of like a like maybe a Paul George or a Rudy Gay type of guy where it's just like they have every physical tool, Rudy but Gay, they don't wow. necessarily put it all together. I like that call out, by the way. I'm I'm not a big Rudy Gay guy because I since the Spurs have kind of not been the Spurs anymore, I, I find them very disinteresting. And as much as I like DeMar DeRozan as a as a human, I just find him in, just not a fun watch on basketball. So I, I, I find myself turning, unless it's the Trailblazers playing the Spurs, I just, I'm not going to turn that game on. Like almost, it has to be like, but, uh, but I do like Rudy Gay. I think, I think he's a very good basketball player and, uh, but I, and I like that comp too, by the way, but keep going. I, I want you to finish this thought. All right. So my number four is Diomedes. Yeah. I wanted to do this too. And I think that's an amazing call out by the way. I like this. I want you to explore it though. I just, I don't know why really. He, I just feel like he's a nice, he stretched the floor. He can handle a little bit. I feel like similar to the Siakam thing, but more of a complete player easily. I think he could just do a little bit of everything and like he might, he might low key be the best player. I think that like it's like an Anthony Davis yeah LeBron situation except not injury prone Diomedes is the quiet superstar like doesn't need Mm -hmm. doesn't need to have the ball but like when he does it's like magic happening you're like oh my gosh like why doesn't he have the ball more but he just doesn't need it and on the on the defensive end he makes the right decisions he doubles when he needs a double he switches when he needs to switch he like he traps when he needs to trap like everything is I got it yeah it's he's Tim Duncan yeah, I love this. Okay, that ah, that's so perfect. By the way, Tim Duncan is Diomedes. Okay, yeah, I love that. Um, I'm gonna give you my number two, and I'm gonna preface this. Uh, shout out to Ben from Hallerpod, who's a Boston Celtics fan. I don't know if you knew that. I'm sure you did. Oh, I did not know okay. that. I would have. I I had a I did a recording with him yesterday for the big secret series. Okay, nice. Um, and I would have I would have razzed him hard because I've been a Nets fan my entire life. Yeah. So I had to endure the kg pierce trade Mm -hmm. stuff so it would have been like oh yeah howard tatum and brown trading you now (laughs) um i know right no so i love jalen brown though so like that you brought that up i like him way better than uh same like way better like um like it's weird how much better i like uh, brown than tatum like i know that i feel like i'm tired of watching someone like i don't know jeremy i don't you don't need to speak this but i'm just gonna like look at you and talk about this I hate when people talk about what someone could be and their like pedigree rather than just what they mm-hmm. are. I know cycling's probably similar because you know it's cyclist. totally the same way. It's like, it's like same thing. cool, he looks really good in his jersey. But it's like show me. Like show me how good you are. And I think Tatum is this like player that is um like he's thought of as this next tier, like kind of up and coming superstar. But it's like he's had like two really good games. One just happened the other day, like he scored like fifty points in a playoff game versus the superior team but i don't know i just like i'm not like there yet but jalen brown is this like player that does everything right like again kind of like how you describe diomedes or we describe diomedes a little bit i think it's like the idea of diomedes being like this or tim duncan being this 
player slash character that can do all the little things, I see Jalen Brown as that. So Jalen Brown is my comp for Alexander Al Arcos uh, at my two. Okay. So uh, being able to do all the little things, but still lunge out and be that star at the same time, like whenever needed, like kind of like this break in case of emergency kind of glass. Like if you need Jalen Brown slash now I'm making Jalen Brown uh, Alexander Al Arcos. Like if you need that player or that person to like, just like LeBron fouled out or LeBron missed the game, like throw Jalen Brown in or throw uh, Alexander in and you're going to be able to win a game still because when they have the freedom, they can win that game for you. That's a, that's an awesome call. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of the beauty of Alexander, we see mostly off screen, Mm -hmm. but I just, so we don't see it, I guess. Um, Yeah. yeah, But you know what you mean? um, I mean, just the way he's described, like Darrow's in awe of him. That's all you need to know. Yeah. And I think that's Jalen Brown to wow. me. I think like um, I just like I love it's not just potential, but it's like just doing it, like just doing it, not maybe getting the recognition or the name value. But at the same time, like Jalen Brown is a stud. And I'll, I'll say this because I want to make this Red Rising centric, too. But Alexander possesses my favorite moment in the entire series, um, period. Like there's not a, there's not even a close second. Like when uh, in Dark Age, when uh alexander becomes a howler like you know darrow is about to give him the peerless scar and he just says i know who i am and it's just like what a beautiful brilliant thing to say like i don't need the validation of the old world but i'll take the validation of the new world by getting the howler cloak from yeah, with the, uh, yeah. it's like screw that the, is i never really thought of it that's screw amazing. the scar the scar means nothing in this world the scar is a token of the old world but the new world uh, I'm I'm here for that. That's what I'm doing. I'm building. I'm not breaking. And I think the scar was a, a tokenism of, of of oppression and breaking. And so he like rejects that ideology altogether in that moment. And so for me, uh, that is my favorite moment of the entire series. And I, I again, there's no close second. It is so sincere and so wonderful. I cried when I read that because I thought how um, I remember like I think I was in my kitchen. Like, uh, I, I was like, I cried when I read that. I, and I don't, not a lot of moments were as impactful for me in the second trilogy so far as the new one. Uh, excuse me, not a lot as many moments were impactful for me as the first one. Like there's the Ragnar moment or there's like the Tactus moment that are like really mean a lot to me. But in the new trilogy or this third trilogy, wow. The new trilogy, I can't talk anymore. Now the gin is kicking the, in. The now third the trilogy. Gin, yeah. <laughs> now that, yeah. Now the second Episode trilogy. nine. Um, yeah. <laughs> Now that the second trilogy, not a lot of moments have like made me emotional, but that one, like that one slayed me and I was so into it. So that's why Alexander has to be my team. And that's why Jalen Brown is also the comp for, uh, for them. So for my number two. Yeah. I talked way too long. About I thought two. about this. I thought about this a lot. You know, I was like, maybe Aja, but I don't want to mess with the chemistry. I got, I got a good team going on here. Filled with good guys. So I thought maybe Lauren could be nice. A little old, a little grizzled, but you need a little grizzle in your uh, team. That helps. I think you you always need that leader that can like kind of rally the troops when everything is like kind of going to hell. I think that's actually a really good call. I love that. You just have that guy that's like the quiet confidence of a Lauren would be great on a basketball team. But I didn't go with Lauren. Oh, okay. Uh, Here we go. I went with Cassius. I like that. My guy. The Thunder and the Lightning so, on the same team. Exactly. I love them together. I'm 100% like no disrespect to Severo. 
give me Cassius and Darrow 100 times out of 100 over Darrow and Severo. I know maybe Darrow needs some of what Severo gives him, but I don't care. I like the thunder and the lightning. I think you're right. I want Jeremy to answer this in a second, but if I were to, the two together, like, right, you know, you have the Darrow and Severo in one camp and you have the Cassius and Severo, uh, Cassius and Darrow on the other camp, like, Cassius and Darrow is just so much better as a friendship and, like, how, like, the, they share the qualities and, like, I remember in the in the last like um, chapter, one of the last chapters of Morningstar, like Daryl mentions, we are of one mind when they're fighting in that in the dragon's right, moth. exactly. And I, I actually love that. I love like they're just able to, they're so cohesive. Where I feel like Darrow has to really lead Severo, and re- it's not it's not entirely natural all the time. Um, whereas I feel like there's such a natural element to both Darrow and Cassius just being kind of together, and when they're together beautiful things and cool things happen what do you think jeremy i agree but but i think it's kind of sad <laughs> in a sense because severo is obviously far more loyal to darrow than cassius ever could be but you can't deny like the quote-unquote screen time with Devron with darrow and cassius is much better yeah i think so too I like your five better than mine, Thomas. <laughs> Thomas wins. Uh, Philip went with Screwface at point guard, Alexander at set, uh, shooting guard, Darrow at small forward, Tactus at power forward, and Vitra at center. So it's, you know, I feel like maybe Screwface can't switch one through five, but the other four can. Yeah, it's a very big switch, team. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Screwface, he's. Or depending on which screw face you take, I guess he's a big guy now. Yeah, after he's been modded, yeah, in Dark Age. And I'm running with Mustaine, Cassius, Darrow, Diomedes, and Ragnar. Who do you like better if you just as a five? Just like I know you don't know anything much about basketball. Who do you like better as a five, Jeremy? So maybe this is the best time to talk about this, but in this conversation, I've I've been slightly lost. Yeah, it's okay. So but I'm sorry. channeling like Space Jam. It's almost like 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 drafting you know babs into a position yeah and the rationale behind it it's lola bunny by the way babs is tiny tune adventures oh is it really yeah so lola bunny is- i'm sorry lola bunny see uh, this is this this like totally tells my it's okay lack of knowledge of basketball so i'm gonna go with uh thomas on this one i think so too i didn't include uh any other color but gold because i thought that i want, want the most superior athlete athlete but I think Ragnar is transcendent in that category. I think that pushes over the edge. But I do love the Mustang at, at, at Chris Paul comparison at point guard. I think that is much better than my screw face uh, at point guard. I feel like it was an inspired comparison, honestly. They're so similar now. Sorry to uh, Mustang and Bean, I think. it's She's the real Chris Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to pull up a picture of Chris Paul and show you in a second. And then just... All right. <laughs> There you go. There's Chris Paul. He's uh, listed at six feet tall. There's Chris Paul. Boom. That's Mustang. All right. That's Mustang. Yeah. There you go. For sure. A 36-year-old uh, man is, is now Mustang. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Yeah. I like to ask my guests when they come on. I like to make them give an all-time content recommendation and then a second one after that. All right. So th- this can be like anything? Anything. Well, this one is any content, so music, video game, 
Um, I know you guys are big music fans, even though we haven't talked about it a lot here. Yeah, we're like, that's we're musicians. Like, that's where we grew up. Yeah. We haven't gone too far into that. So I'm going to go left field. I mean, obviously, we're a, a bookish podcast. So we're talking about literature here. So I, I talked about classic literature. So I'm going to go Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment. And what makes this such an amazing book that people have to read is Dostoevsky's ability to capture the psychological aspect of the human and what kind of anguish and process they go through. Um, I don't think I'm, I'm spoiling this at all, but in murder. Um, so, I mean, we talked about my love for true crime podcasts and everything like that. So it really kind of feeds itself. So that's my my number one suggestion is grab a copy of Crime and Punishment. It's widely considered one of the best books ever written, and it's well worth a read. Um, All right, Philip, what do you have? I'm going to go totally on brand. I'm actually going to say Red Rising. Um, I, I mean, it's, I know recommending a book and Jeremy just recommended a book. I get that. Like, that's kind of like, uh, wah, wah. but at the same time. Um, I'm not gonna say Red Rising like the first book. I'm gonna say Red Rising like the series because um, I actually thought about this is the other thing I thought about because it was like right below on your outline, Thomas. Like the Small Ball Five. Like I actually really thought like what's my all time recommendation? And I felt like the idea of a recommendation would be something that's not necessarily it's something I love, but it's for everyone. You know, it's 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 like it's not it, it has to fit into like not just my aesthetic, because I would recommend a lot of things that wouldn't, you know, before, maybe before I get in Red Rising that are things I love, I'd recommend Narnia probably first, and then Red Rising second as a book series. Like, I'd recommend certain documentaries, like, that are really high and really influential for me, but whatever. But the thing about an all-time recommendation, and just, is that I think it can be for everyone. I think Red Rising is for everyone. I think that it's a very uh, inclusive world, an inclusive society, I think that it allows you to interpret uh, characters very differently. We've seen this uh, in our own show with Tactus and Darrow, like that people hold very different opinions. Like I thought something you said that was really interesting, Thomas, that you said that Morningstar is your least favorite book in the series. I love that. I mean, I, I don't share that opinion, but I have no, I don't care. Like, that's cool. Like you just, that's like, that's your least favorite, but so there's all these little like ripple com- like little ripple conversations that can happen within this world of five books that will be- soon be six books and complete. And again, I think there's something for everyone. There's like an amazing uh you know female uh you know protagonist in Mustang. I think there's an amazing protagonist in uh in Darrow that is very complicated and complex with lots of areas of gray. And I think that there's also like things, you know, it's like it's a society that values different things. Um you know, because it's so futuristic. Like, I love the idea of uh, of Trig and Ephraim and like their their marriage being just something that's so broadly and easily accepted in that world. It just doesn't. It's not a second thought. Um, it's a very inclusive story, and I, I I love the world of Red Rising. Like, I dearly dearly love it. And so, I it's my all time recommendation for anyone because it's one. It's a book too, and I love the idea of if I'm gonna recommend something to someone, I think it it's better than just like watching a TV show. Like it's like go and open up a real story that has like, it has merit, has value, has meaning, has gravity to it that can just suck you all the way in. And you could, you could cry. You could laugh. Mathar has said, you know, multiple times that they have laughed out loud 
while you know reading the books uh i love that i love that it's so different for every person i've never laughed while reading red rising but i can see some of the humor in some moments uh for certain people uh like when mathar told me what they laughed at i love that so it's red rising sorry that's a long-winded answer to arrive at something that you could probably listen to on our podcast but i think it's that important and that special i mean i concur there's this thing that happens with everyone in the howler community they read it and they're like oh oh my god you have to read this book or maybe not the first but like you have to read this series it's like everyone tries to get everyone they know into it Mm -hmm. yeah my sister got into it because of my recommendation and she's listened to our podcast and then she turned on two additional friends into that and they read all five books they blitzed all five books as well so which is really cool so in addition to forcing my guests to give a recommendation I also like to make them give a second recommendation of something that they've been into lately and that, you know, stole that from Howler Pod. But, you know, that's what podcasts do. You steal them. Yeah, for sure. People. Jeremy, you're up. What have I been into lately? And that, that can be any, like, literally one time my friend came on, he's like, you know, it's good tuna fish with pretzels. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I guess we'll, we'll, like, somehow ground this in the world of Red Rising. One thing we, we've been exploring in Hail Reaper is what color are you? And I come across very strongly as a silver, um, which obviously is economics. So this is this is something I, I studied in community college and uh, loved very much. And I, I don't necessarily suggest this to anybody, but for my own strangeness, um, I love the study of economics and looking at kind of the predominant leaning of uh, the economy in the United States. So, sure, if if you're into that kind of thing, you know, you have to study Keynes for Keynesian economics. You have to study Milton Friedman for monetary policy. Uh, Thomas Sowell is another one that's that's good to study. Um, but all these together. Uh, Again, this is kind of the silver view of society, and this is kind of that that strange thing that I'm into. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna like completely juxtapose yours. Yeah, please do. Um, let's let's move off of economics. So I recently discovered this uh, YouTube channel, and every video is called "Felt Emo Might Delete," and I I think the name is like Matt Cutshaw or whatever. I can't remember like the the name of the channel, but. It's just so funny to me because Jeremy and I were in high school at the time where emo was like ascending at its peak, like emo music. It's not something that Jeremy and I also necessarily loved, but like we kind of dipped our toes into it for a few minutes. But this video, this this YouTube channel is so funny because essentially the entire idea of the channel is that the there's a boyfriend and a girlfriend and he's essentially Rick rolling her with different emo songs the entire time. And, uh, and it's like, it's acted out and it's kind of, it's like, snl kind of sketch a little bit but at the same time it's like just dashboard confessional taking back sunday all these bands that like you never even think about now because it's like so it feels like so long ago uh and it's just really funny and goofy and it makes me like quasi nostalgic because i don't really miss that music but i miss like the (laughs) the idea of it and it's really funny because it's just like he's he's such a funny like actor in that and like he 
he all of a sudden like they're in this normal setting and he's like oh yeah like remember that and like oh yeah remember that and all of a sudden like it cut the camera cuts away from him cuts back and he's like wearing like eyeliner and his his nails are painted black and he's wearing a black hoodie and like a black wig on and he's like super emo and wearing girl jeans he's super emo-fied uh i love that so uh uh emo's not dead if you go on youtube or uh felt emo might delete it's like 20 ish videos and if you like emo or think emo is funny then that uh is gold it is gold to make it's like it's simultaneously making fun of emo as well as like celebrating it it's really funny that's great that sounds good i don't really i mean it sounds like i hadn't heard of any of those bands you mentioned but could be it's like 2004 2005 like total like emo like i I don't know it's like it's whole like subculture that existed that was like ridiculous at the same time i like bands all right so that now that we got the recommendations out of the way brings me and us i guess brings us to my favorite part of the podcast which is the surprise question do you believe in bigfoot oh do i believe in bigfoot no I I don't believe in big Bigfoot as as a specific being. Um, however, what I will say is, inside of biology, we're discovering new species, uh, new things every day. So to think that there's some sort of organism or something out there that has been undiscovered thus far is completely plausible to me. So. Um, obviously the fact that we've come up with this idea of Bigfoot and, and quote unquote captured it on film, um, I, I don't buy into it, but, uh, the concept itself of Bigfoot, that there's an organism out there that's, that's, you know, larger than a, a microorganism is completely plausible. So I'm going to say no, but, but sort of yes. Okay. So you think there is the potential that a species could exist that's what explained the bigfoot sightings but you don't think it's one creature yeah uh, cuz i one creature would be ridiculous yeah like large mammalian species that have been sighted um and documented uh but not quote unquote bigfoot itself yeah okay so not sorry i just want to pin this yeah, down please, i want to put really please on do. The spot. so like if an upright walking ape that wasn't like just released pets um were discovered in the Pacific Northwest, would that would you be like, Oh yeah, Bigfoot was discovered then? Um Yeah, so to pin it down, like I would think that that would explain the sightings of Bigfoot in that specific area, but not the okay. entirety of Bigfoot. Right. That made sense. Okay. So I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Um, so I'm like, I, I hail from Olympia, Washington, and also a small town, uh, outside of, uh, Eugene, Oregon called Sweet Home. And, uh, yeah, like I never saw Bigfoot. I, I think it's plausible as well. I don't, it's because I really want to say yes, but at the same time, as a kid exploring the woods every single day of my life <laughs> and never seeing anything other than like snakes and stuff. Um, it's hard. It's hard to want to say yes to that. Uh, living there, experiencing, like literally, like I mean, 
I would walk out like acres beyond my house and just walk around and do it by myself. Sometimes my parents did not know that because like they would be like, there was like sinkholes near our house in, uh, in Olympia. And so they can't go past a certain point, but there's like just woods. The neighborhood we lived in wasn't a gated neighborhood, but it was one that was uh, just called the woods. And it was actually like a cul-de-sac area that was just like shaped into the woods. Uh, but I don't know. I've actually never really thought about it a whole lot. I watched Harry and the Hendersons. That's a good movie. That's that's to do with Bigfoot. Solid film. Yeah. Um. I think I like Jeremy's answer a lot. I'm just gonna say that's my answer too, because I think that it's like I believe in a lot of crazy stuff. So why not believe in Bigfoot or believe the, in the plausibility of that? Like so sure, like I can see that. It's it's, it's it feels completely rational to me. But I also uh. I, I also want to be like Dick. So yeah, actually, yeah, I believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> I re- I'm realizing this right now. Wait, I, yeah, I do. Because it's just like, of course, like there's so many things we don't know about the universe and why that seems so simplistic of all the things that are unanswerable. Why not the idea of like a large, like being or organism walking around? Of, like that seems like really easy actually to me. So yeah, I do believe in Bigfoot. Nice. This is perfect. That's why I like to ask, ask this question because sometimes people are rocked back on their heels. They're taken aback, and sometimes immediately they're like, "Yes," or "No, that's crazy." No, that's. I think it's. I think it's actually kind of logical to that there it would exist, or they would exist, or it would exist, or whatever it is. For my final semester of my uh, history masters, I was in the digital history class, and so I took data from the BFRO, the Bigfoot Field Research Organization of all their sightings and i ran it through like a bunch of like made charts with everything like oh when the weather is this are you more likely to see bigfoot like what month what uh humidity level all that stuff and oregon is like top five in sighting Mm -hmm. yeah i lived in i lived in like a very rural area and so we were outside a ton and like but never really saw anything other than snakes and birds and, and uh but but i mean yeah could be out there all right, and that brings us to the final part of the podcast, which is a little wrinkle I've I've added very recently. Um, actually, the season finale for episode one with PJ and Cross from Words and Whiskey. But for you guys, and I wish I had thought of this for them, but I've added another wrinkle to the wrinkle, <laughs> which is that I'm going to make this a lightning round of some of your favorite things, but you have to answer for one another. Jeremy. So we're talking just raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens kind of stuff? Uh, I, I have a list here for you guys. <laughs> You're going to go first. All right. So I'm answering for Philip on his favorite things. Yep. Favorite movie? Uh, social. Um, what, what's that stupid movie called? Stupid movie, huh? Nice. No, it, no I didn't say stupid. I said, <laughs> what is that movie? Um. What's the movie called? Social something. You know, I, I know. You what want it me is. to answer for you? Is that okay, Thomas? Should I answer? Yeah, yeah help me. Out. Social network. Thank you. Social network. There we go. Okay, that's my favorite movie. Uh, favorite non Red Rising book. Uh, well, Chronicles of Narnia as a whole, and um, the Last Battle or whatever the yeah Last Battle is my favorite book outside of yeah outside of nicely done. So far, two for two. Here we go. I'd say like one and a half. (laughs) Fair enough. Let's go. I like that. (laughs) Favorite song. Oh, man. I don't know this. You're not going to get this. Yeah, I'm not going to get this. 
You, should I tell? Should I say the answer? I have a lot of the favorite songs. Like I, I don't know. I like every genre almost. I would. But... I would go Beatles if I had to go something. So. <laughs> Surprisingly, it's actually New Order Ceremony is probably my favorite song of all time. But it's like it that has changed over like last few years. But by uh, New Order uh, Ceremony. Favorite food? I would go Indian cuisine. Yes. Very nice. Favorite color? I was just talking about this with your wife like an hour ago, by the <laughs> were way. Were you? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because we were talking about gingers and, and good color palettes for them. Uh, so in the vein of gingers, I'm going to go blue. Indeed. Yeah. There we go. I'm, do <laughs> I'm doing pretty well, by the way. I'm, doing, I'm proud of myself right now. <laughs> Would Philip rather go on a hiking vacation or a beach vacation? Beach vacation. vacation. Hands down. Both preferably, actually. Oh, yeah, if I could hike, about, if so. I could hike by the beach, that is completely ideal. Yeah. Central yeah. California, California, for yeah. sure. Yeah, exactly. Would Philip rather fight one hundred horses the size of a, the size of ducks, or one duck the size of a horse? Horses <laughs> the size of ducks. <laughs> I like this question. Hundred little horses. Um, I think so. So, from my experience, Philip likes more so mano a mano than getting ganged up on so i'm gonna go with one duck the size of a horse that's true that is true interesting um so this one i was inspired by our conversation to add uh so what color hierarchy from red rising which color violet indeed true okay that was pretty good you got most so now after Jeremy, seven of eight. We need to know. Can Philip match him? I cannot, but okay. Okay. Philip, what is Jeremy's favorite movie? I know. I'm I'm almost positive what it is, but I, I'm gonna say Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's staring past me at my like at my film collection, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> which is totally fair. Cheating. And I'm gonna say yes. Okay. Raiders is is amazing. No arguments. Uh, what is his favorite non-Red Rising book? So this I do not know. Um, I think that's going to be something like a little more obtuse than what we've talked about today. Uh, I'm going to guess though. I'm going to just get, because I, I don't know the names of the books, but I'm just going to say Ender. Something, something Ender. Yeah. Because I don't know the names of the books. What are, is, it, is it something Ender? Is that what your favorite non-Rising book? Uh, something Ender is a very good guess. Um, but I suggested to everybody it's Crime and Punishment. Is that your? But that's your favorite book, other than Red Rising. Outside of Red Rising, yeah. Really? Because you that's a recent read. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So it was transformational. Uh, what is Jeremy's favorite song? You know this. Don't get it wrong. Stay deep. (laughs) It's either Weezer. Or MXPX, I'm thinking. Some like one of those like an old pop punk band we just listened to in high school or a Weezer song. Is it Sweater Song by Weezer? No. What is it? Day in the Life. A Beatles Day in the Life? Yeah. That's your favorite song? It is. I, we, like, we just talked about how Sgt. Pepper, we don't think Sgt. Pepper is the best Beatles record. I then... know. I don't think it is the best album. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a great album for it to be a great song. That's an amazing song. It's one of my top 10 probably. No, actually, you know what? It's not. I actually did this exercise last summer. It's not one of my top 10. It's probably like my, more like top 20. All right. Okay. Keep going. Favorite food. Jeremy. I Okay. I know it. Actually, I was thinking like, I'm just thinking about like 
entrees, but it's definitely ice cream. <laughs> you you love ice cream. Yeah, this is true. Okay, is that right? Yeah. If it if we're not talking about like main courses, like we're just talking about food in general. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Like, food in general, yes, you're you're absolutely okay. right. Yeah. It, which is like a betrayal of my favorite like solid main like yeah. main course, which is sushi. Yeah, I know you love it was sashimi. Yeah. yeah. Salmon sashimi. Yeah. I could is my desert island food out but like because I couldn't be sustained on, on ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you but there's there's times back in high school where we would like have a carton of ice cream and Jeremy would take half of that that coal like the coal carton and then like like multiple pints just in one bowl. Well Philip's mom actually texted me out of the blue one time with this crazy picture of like a Sunday that was like fourteen scoops and was like, it's a Jeremy portion. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yes and do you you just like house those no oh, problem when it melts. yeah I, I can attack ice cream like nobody's business my dad was a milkman growing up so this is a thing what is jeremy's favorite color green correct jeremy rather go on a hiking vacation or a beach vacation hiking. correct <laughs> high desert jeremy really likes high desert would jeremy rather fight 100 horses that are the sizes of ducks or one duck with the size of a horse I think that Jeremy would prefer the the hundred versus the one. I feel like I feel like you would like calculate it somehow. <laughs> I don't know. You'd like you would do some sort of math equation in your head about how like what energy you need to exert for X amount of ducks and like divide and conquer essentially. Yeah, actually, I, I was figuring this out when I was answering your question, and I I came to the conclusion that that I would do the hundred ducks. Yes. I, well, it's the hundred horses. Or, or, the size yes, you're correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking but, the sizes, but yeah, I did. I did a uh, to quote Morningstar a quick calculation. Oh, oh in yes. my mind, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's the correct answer because ducks eat meat when they can get it. So I wouldn't want to fight one the size of a horse. I'm still got to go for and it. And they can fly. <laughs> that's, true. that's true. That's a scary beast okay. right there. So, what color would you say Jeremy is in the Red Rising hierarchy? And we talked about this a lot, so unfair, but silver. And Jeremy also mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but definitely yeah. silver. I got five out of seven. Yep. And Jer- uh, no, you got six out of eight. Six out of eight. Six okay, eight. there we go. And then Jeremy, you got like so seven, out of eight. seven out of eight. Yeah, and like you- I just missed your song. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a, hard a hard one, one though. Yeah, yeah, that's a hard one. And again, I think I have like ten favorite songs. I made a Spotify playlist that it's essentially like my ten favorite songs, and they're like we're in no order. And they were like genre. genre Nine of them are ABBA, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Dancing Queen was actually one through nine. So I guess you know it proves that you guys are your good friends. Yeah. Hey, well, thank you. Now we know for sure they're not lying. So yeah, when I say this is Phil, my name like my name is Phil, and this is my good friend Jeremy. It's it's very very true, very apt. Thomas, you you helped me find out that Philip is not a fraud. Thank you. I was you know there were a lot of there were a lot of uh, rumblings on the internet. Are they friends? Is it a gimmick to get us to listen? Is it like, you know, when the stage, they don't talk to each other. It's like Mike and Mike. They don't yeah, talk yeah, to Mike and Mike. There's wow. a whole subreddit about this. Yeah. yeah. We honestly thought like our moms would be our only listeners. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, like, we're like, oh, hey, we used to like be like, we used to joke about it. Like in those old episodes that were never released, like, hey, like, thanks for listening. All three of you, you know, like just like because uh, we just we didn't think anyone would ever listen to us talk about Red Rising. Like, and I still am baffled why anyone would ever listen to us talk about Red Rising. Like, why would anyone listen to this? But they're cool. Good for you. I would say it's good for all of us that you decided to do Thank this. Thank you. So, can I say why I listen to you guys? Yeah, sure. Is 
So especially, I mean, it's more so now that we've talked a little bit on Instagram, on the Discord, and like emailing back and forth to set this up. And especially now that we've talked for like two hours or whatever. But it's like when you listen to a podcast enough, it's like, oh, these aren't like random people from California. These are my friends, Philip and uh, Jeremy from California talking about Red Rising. And like, you know, you'll say something and I'll be like, what are you saying? Like, that makes no sense. You're crazy. Like, I'll talk back with you in the car, basically, <laughs> when I'm listening. Stuff like that. And I think that's like a common thing with podcasts is that you like you respond to the host because there's that natural little pause in the conversation and stuff like that. Yeah, and I like that. I like that you do that because uh, I don't, I don't, we don't claim any authority on the series whatsoever. Like it's like something that I actually patently don't want to claim. Is like that because I have a podcast, or because Jeremy and I have a podcast, rather that we somehow know something more about the series. Just not true at all. Like uh, I'm sure there's fans out there that know have a much greater. I mean, we do this red. So Thomas, we do this like uh, coming up soon. We're doing another Red Rising uh, trivia night on our Discord. Like if you're a part of our Patreon, the people in there know so much more about the, the, the smash. The, us. It's it's insane things when we do the trivia questions that we don't even come up with the questions. We have the community come up with them for the people participating. And the things that they know inherently about the series, they answer quick. I'm like, I had no idea. And I, I, I'm, I'm, it's like absurd that you know that this fast. So, so it's not about the knowledge. The knowledge base that we have for the series is, I don't know, above average. But, like, but at the same time, I think you're right. It's just like it's about who you are and how you present. And I like that you are able to talk along with us and that's what we've always wanted we wanted to like have relationship with the listeners and with each other and have that be like the focal point yeah hopefully you're arguing with philip more so than me in the car but i think i mean i i use the what are you talking about as an example but a lot of the time it's also like yes finally someone like someone thinks that or because um you know i i also don't go specifically on the red rising reddit subreddit just because i don't want to get like unrealistic expectations and ruin book sits and like also, I like how I interpret the series, but the uh, the way it's done on the Discord, which I like, it's like everything's more sort of personal, I guess. So it's like, it's more of an actual discussion instead of like weird message board discussion. Yeah, we like to do that. I think the community that we've, I wouldn't even say we formed, I said we, we offered, I should say that, that it's like, so if you join our Patreon, I'm not trying to plug it. I'm just saying this is how you get in there. No, plug yeah, it because okay. it's awesome. So like, so yeah, you're a part of it. So it was it was just, it just happened. I didn't even know what Discord was until Jeremy brought it up. Like, we should have a Patreon. I was like, okay. Like, I don't know anyone's going to pay for that, but sure. Um, and then he was like, then let's make it a Discord. Uh, and, and so a community of people that can we can come together and talk about Red Rising. And I was like, that seems weird. And like, Reddit already exists, you know. But I know what you're saying because I've seen the Reddit. And I know, like, the differences are huge. Because we're like fostering, we're a fostering community. Like that is the goal. It's like, be friends, like have fun, like enjoy it. Like we have the movie nights. I don't know if they watch, everyone watched um, uh, Doctor Strange Doctor last Strange night. Yeah. yeah. So like, cause like someone presents it as like the live feed and then the audio is funneling through and everyone watches it. They're all commenting as they're watching it. Um, I don't watch the Marvel movies, so I have no clue what's going on. So I, I don't watch the that, but, um, but yeah, like then there's like the fractal presents the questions and so it's not like really one thing like presents like a question of the week that's like really awesome and meaty and like something that's really fun to answer within the canon of Red Rising. But everything that everyone presents is like, you're right, it's completely the opposite of a message board. It's more of like 
proposing thoughts. What do you think? People jumping in, people talking, and it's very personalized. And I've never seen anyone in like the almost year that we've had it jump on someone and be negative. It's an incredibly positive place. Mm -hmm. Um, And even through disagreement, people are so graceful in that. And that's something I love too about it's it's been a very positive environment. We've had one criticism. And even in that, the criticism about the podcast was so well said and we were able to talk through it and yeah that was that was kind of a fun moment and, and like philip was saying with with the patreon community like fractal like like puffin like we have these th- these are all sub-zero we have all these howler names where we've actually handed certain channels over because they are way better suited for certain things than we are um you know i'm not afraid to say that yeah no they're they we built it and they manage it mm-hmm. like entirely like yeah. it's, very, it's their community that's it's, the thing. it is mm-hmm and they they pay to be there, so they should have every right to to make it what it needs to be, like rather than us dictating what it needs to be for them. Uh, that, that's what we're trying to make. We're trying to foster a community that is that is led and and run by themselves, Red Rising fans. Yeah, yeah that love the series, and they they do a phenomenal job. And and all we can do is is help and kind of grease the slicks, so to speak. So I guess like I should, if you're interested and you listen to this pitch and us like gush over our own discord. We love them. So. Um, we do. We love the people and they're so much like, honestly, they're so wonderful. But if you do want to join, you go to patreon.com slash hell reaper. It's at the $5 level. So it's $5 a month and you can get access. Uh, Thomas, you just did this like what, two, three weeks ago and you get in. Yeah. Like a week. Yeah. Half. You get in, you get introduced to everybody. Like we kind of make it a show and, and that's kind of embarrassing for some people. Then you go through initiation process. They go through what we call the passage. Then you get a howler name given to you. What's yours? Uh, Chronicle. I love that. I actually I knew that, but I wanted to make yeah. you say it because Chronicle is a dope howler name. Uh, and then because um, you guys mentioned it on a non Patreon episode, I think um, how your Discord they have howler names, and I was like, what would my howler name be? And that's why I was like, oh, I gotta join. I gotta figure it out because <laughs> I always my last name is Boomhauer, so I was like, I would just be Boom, like easy. But you know, I like it. I like having my expectations upended yeah and that's like and again that that's managed not by us it's managed by sub-zero uh who does that like we have nothing to do with the howler names we never did in fact she gave us our howler names she's insane like what she comes up with like Like oracle Oracle and checkmate but the chronicle is a great one i mean the fact that you're uh history you said masters right in history yep did you did you focus in european or u.s or uh u.s i I like it. I think I think it just sounds rad. I don't even care. If it, I, I, <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't matter what it means. It sounds no, cool. <laughs> the, the fact that it's a, it's applicable and it like applies to t- who Thomas is as a person is obviously great. And that's the idea. That's what Aaron or excuse me, Sub Zero is always trying to do. Uh, you know, tell us something about yourself, and then I'll give you that kind of that howler name. But some of them just sound really cool. And Chronicle is definitely one that sounds like that is a really rad howler name. So I'm into it. You know, I made them plug the patreon a little bit let me say for all the listeners out there if you're listening to this you listen to hell reaper and you're not subscribed to the patreon definitely do it those episodes all they all bang they all slap they're incredible and you get a little bit more math art and they are amazing i would like to also shout out math as you guys have great addition great energy broadcast is amazing but just math art is even better than broadcast (laughs) yeah um it was like I've known Mathar again uh, for probably about a, a little over a dozen years. Jeremy just met Mathar in real life for the first time, like 
a month ago, which was a, which is kind of a fun experience for me to see the two of you like be in the same room rather than like just on like on Discord. Yeah, we shot a YouTube video the same day we met, <laughs> which is great. It's really cool. Uh, but yeah, like that, uh, the all three of us kind of coming together and having our own unique like thing to add to the podcast is fun. And my favorite parts of the podcast are our Wednesday meetings. Like I, I like meeting with you guys and talking on the phone for an hour to three hours <laughs> as sometimes we go um, is better than even make, making the podcast It's just like talking about the podcast and what we want to do next. Like that's my favorite thing. So as long as you guys don't have any other non red rising tapes to get off your chest, any other burning desires, I think we can go ahead and get out of here. I think, I think we're good. We're yeah, we're ready to go. Okay. So for Jeremy and Philip of Hail Reaper, I'm Thomas Boomhauer, and this has been another action-packed episode of High Tea Obsessed. If you did what you heard, make sure you give us a five-star review on the podcast provider of your choosing, specifically Apple Podcasts. That's the best way to get us rising up the charts, make this look cool, make me feel good, and, uh, you know, tell a friend. Tell someone you hate. Tell just anybody, really. Just be like, hey, got this new podcast I did, High Tea Obsessed. Check it out. It's kind of lit. Next week, we got Chris and Mike back, and we're discussing the movie Snowpiercer. Pretty good. I love it. It slaps, and we're going to be diving real deep. Best characters, best, uh, you know, best characters, best quotes, all that good stuff. Maybe some potential recasts we would do. Maybe some rumored casting choices at the time. And it's just going to be great. And, you know, make sure to follow us on at high t underscore obsessed underscore on on instagram and uh high to podcast on twitter and if you search high t obsessed it should show up it's a pretty unique name uh so that should be all good so you know until next time guys keep it real keep it freezing